Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T, and if true crime is your jam, and like me, you enjoy delving into unsolved cases, trying to figure out who done it, please consider subscribing. Do me a favor right now, smash that like button. Today, I want to talk about the disappearance of Rosemary Bly. Rosemary is Candace Bly's younger sister and Candy Har's daughter. So, Rose is Summerwell's aunt. Note that Candy Har has, I believe, three daughters Candace, Jeannie, and Rosemary. I think many of us are curious about the circumstances around Rose's disappearance simply because of the unbelievable odds that two people from one related clan have gone missing. Even Chris McDonough of The Interview Room asked Candace Bly about her missing sister. Remember her vague response? Take a listen. Now, who's your son up here? That's my little sister that's missing. Oh, that's Rose. That's Rose. Oh, wow. Wow, and and who's the guy? That's her ex-husband. Wow. <laughs> do you think he had anything to do with that? Um. Okay. Yeah, we don't want to go I there. Can't say. How's your mom deal with that? It's difficult. Yeah, I know. So today I want to discuss Rosie's disappearance. I feel like we need to take her under our wings as much as we have summer because she's been missing for 12 years now, and her case remains unsolved. And while I don't entirely trust what Benny Keyes says, I will mention a little detail that I believe was in one of his recorded phone conversations with the Wells media manager, Tim Mullen. Benny said that when Heels on the Ground, or some other searchers, started talking about going to Wisconsin, to look for Rosemary Bly. Her mother, Grandis, allegedly told Benny to stop them from going to Wisconsin and doing that. Now, if that's true, we have to ask ourselves why. Why would Grandis not want people looking into Rosemary's disappearance? Wouldn't you think she'd be thrilled that people are bringing Rose's case back into the spotlight after 12 years without any answers? It's like she says one thing, it's so hard having a missing daughter, but then she does another, hide out in her trailer, perhaps dusting the bowl she keeps the peppermints in. For crying out loud, Grandis, at this point in your life, you should be an expert at getting a missing family member's name out into the media and rallying the troops to go out and look for her. So. Let's dive into Rosemary Bly's disappearance. And just to ensure you all know who I'm talking about and how she relates to Summer Wells, let me just say it one more time. Rosemary Bly is Candace Bly's sister. Candace's mother, Candy Harr, or Grandis, is also Rose's mother. So Rose is Summer's aunt. We have to go back to the summer of 2009, and the evening of Friday, August 21st, to be precise. It was under a waxing crescent moon, gleaming in the night sky, 
that 21-year-old Rosemary Bly drove alone from her home in St. Croix Falls, Wisconsin, en route to another rural town named Cushing that was about five or so miles from her home. According to Rose's husband, Christopher Larson, a man she'd just married in February of the same year, a mere six months earlier, she was going to meet up with a female cousin at a local tavern in Cushing. At the time, Rosemary was less than a month away from her 22nd birthday. Already a wife and a mother to two young daughters with Larson, one who was aged nine months old at the time and another who was 19 months old, Rosemary was likely looking forward to a little fun away from the house, the kids, the hubby, the house cleaning. But somewhere along the route, a route that took her north on Highway 87 through a place called the Barren, a nature preserve with a Jack Pine Hills Oak Drive forest, I'm not sure what that is, but it's a mouthful, interspersed with an extensive wetland, Rosemary Bly disappeared. According to Larson, Rose never made it to the tavern in Cushing, nor did she make it back home that night. Aside from a call she made to him at some point that evening to tell him that she'd be home around midnight, Rosemary Bly has never been seen or heard from since. Today, 12 years down the road, the case remains unsolved. To try and untangle the situation, let's take a look at who Rose was and what was going on in her life at the time. According to Grandis, who was quoted in an article featured in the local newspaper, the Burnett County Sentinel, Rose was a loving mother who dreamed of writing children's books for a living. Hare also said that Rose loved riding horses and collecting rocks. Who else do we know in this family who likes to collect rocks? Anyone come to mind? That's right, Grandis. Now, when I read all this, it made me feel like Rosemary was a very different character from her sister Candace. Sounds like Rose was even maybe the star of the family, the one who was a loving mother, the one who perhaps had a talent for writing, the one who was pretty with a sweet smile. At five feet tall and 110 pounds, Rose was just a little wisp of a thing. Could these qualities and her mother's obvious pride when talking to the reporter about Rosemarie explain why Candace allegedly felt slighted whenever her mother talked about her sister? Remember, Candace's former friend, Allie, said that she witnessed Candace get upset on the anniversary of Rose's disappearance when Grandis was allegedly sad and crying. Allie stated that Candace felt that her mother cared more about Rosie than she did about her. Allie also said that Candace exclaimed one night while under the influence that she knew Rose wasn't coming back because she did her in, if you know what I mean. Now, I don't believe that because, from what we've heard, Candace wasn't even in Wisconsin when Rose went missing. 
Now, I don't see that anywhere on paper, so I'm not sure, but that's what has been said over and over. And from what I've seen of Candace on panels and phone calls, she seems to get a kick out of making up stories and posting creepy videos, especially after she's maybe downed a few supersized cans of malt liquor. But let's get back to Rose. According to Larson, after having dinner with him and his father, Rosemarie got into her white 2001 Pontiac Grand Prix. By the way, in the various articles I've read about Rose, I've seen this car described as a Grand Am, too. So I'm not sure if it's a Grand Prix or a Grand Am. Per Larson, it was about 7.30 p.m., when Rose left her home in the 2300 block of River Road in St. Croix Falls, Wisconsin, to meet her cousin in Cushing. It was a cool, windy night, common in Wisconsin in late August, a harbinger of the fall soon to come. Rose Marie was wearing a green v-neck sweater over a white tank top to keep the chill at bay. Blue jeans and flip-flop sandals rounded out the look. Her hair was light brown and in a chin-length bob at the time. It turns out Rosemarie enjoyed changing her hairstyle often and sometimes dyed it blonde or red. When Rose did not return that Friday night, Larson reported her missing the next day. Now here's an odd detail. Rose's cousin said, that she had not made plans to meet up with Rose that night, and she never saw her that Friday. Strange. Five days later, on Wednesday, August 26th, in a parking lot near a post office and a laundromat in Grantsburg, Wisconsin, which is about 15 miles north of Cushing and 30 miles away from St. Croix Falls, Rose's car suddenly showed up in a Grantsburg municipal parking lot. No one reportedly saw how the car got there. According to the then Grantsburg police chief, Jeff Shinzing, the car was said to have been found by a Burnett County Citizens Patrol member who knew about the missing woman and knew the type of car she drove. This person was allegedly driving by the parking lot saw the car, and called the police. Note that this parking lot was normally used by semi-truck drivers to park their tractor trailers. The car was said to have been recovered at about 7 p.m. that Wednesday night. The car keys were missing, but other than that, everything else inside the car looked normal, and nothing indicated that a crime had taken place. The only damage cited was to a driver's side mirror. However, it's unclear if that damage was there before Rose left for Cushing or not. When the authorities arrived to look at the car, they took DNA samples as well as fingerprints. But in an article from the Burnett County Sentinel dated August 27, 2009, Candy Har is quoted as saying the authorities told her they only found her daughter's fingerprints and those of her daughter's husband and children in the car. As for the DNA samples, apparently the results, at least so far, 
have not been definitive enough to generate any persons of interest. What's equally weird about the parking lot where the car was found is that Candy Harr, who, by the way, lived in Grantsburg, was quoted in an article as saying that she drove by that lot every day on her way to work. She said that if it had been there on any of the days right after Rose went missing, she would have seen it. So it remains a mystery as to how and when the car arrived in that parking lot. It sounds to me like someone wanted that car to be found, and found without the keys. Investigators went through Rosemary's phone, followed up on several reported sightings of her, none of which panned out. They even drained a small body of water called Memory Lake that was about a block away from the parking lot where her car was found. Police also conducted ground searches, as well as searches from the air using a helicopter. I would imagine the helicopter was used to look down at that large nature preserve. Naturally, the last known person to see Rosemarie was the first person that the police wanted to talk to, and that was her husband, Christopher Larson. Rosemarie and Christopher's marriage, albeit brand new, was said to be tumultuous. The police had been called to the Larson's home in June of that same year. When the police arrived, they confronted a he-said-she-said type of scenario. Larson accused Rose of slapping him, and she maintained that he'd put her in a headlock and slammed her to the ground. After that fight, Larson filed for divorce. However, Rose and Larson reconciled shortly thereafter, and he withdrew the petition for divorce. So that all went down several months before Rose vanished. Although Rose was petite and said by all to be a loving mother, it sounds like she still had a little bit of the Bly Hellraiser in her, in my opinion. According to a LeaderNewsroom.com article, Bly had an active bench warrant for a misdemeanor disorderly conduct charge, which was later amended to DA. I can't say that word on YouTube, so I hope you understand what that abbreviation DA stands for. It's similar to DV. The warrant was filed three months prior to Rose's disappearance and seems likely related to the incident that I just described at the Larson home. Bly pleaded not guilty to the charge in July of 2009. But due to her disappearance, the warrant has never been resolved. According to friends and family, nothing appeared unusual in the days leading up to Rose Marie's disappearance. No one said that she'd been planning to run away or leave her husband and kids, and if she did run away, she never again communicated with the phone she had with her. A few friends of hers said Rose suffered from depression, but they apparently hadn't seen anything before her disappearance that stood out on that front. Everyone pretty much said the same thing about Rose. She was a caring mother who put her children first, and she would never leave her kids. Candy Har was quoted in an interview as saying this about Rose's disappearance. I am confused. 
she would never have left her children. End quote. Now, when Rose went out that Friday night, she didn't have any credit or debit cards with her, and she left home with very little cash. According to Rose's mother, about a week before she vanished, Rose went horseback riding and took a tumble. Candy Har said that Rose had told her she'd been getting headaches after the fall. Har also stated that she advised Rose to see a doctor. Har wondered if Rose might have lost her way, perhaps because of a serious head injury. However, there's no medical evidence that Rose was mentally impaired as a result of this fall, and there's also no evidence that she ever sought medical attention. Har told authorities that the last time she spoke to Rose was on Wednesday, August 19th, a day when tornado warnings went out. She also stated that she last saw Rose and her children at a family reunion in the town of Hammond on August 16th. According to the police, Rosemary's husband thought that maybe she left on her own. This, however, doesn't make a lot of sense because you'd think she'd have taken more money with her, some clothes, some belongings, her children, and so on. Now, in September of 2009, just three weeks after Rose disappeared, Larson filed for divorce a second time. It sounds like he thought that she really might have up and ditched him and the kids, much like her mother, Candy Harr, did to her husband and her daughters when they were younger. Maybe that's why Larson was so quick to believe that Rosemary left on her own accord. Maybe he thought she was a chip off her mother's block. Larson's attorney later explained that he filed for divorce because he was concerned that his wife would come back and try to take the girls. Larson was granted temporary sole custody of the girls, and the divorce petition was granted in 2010. Despite Larson looking sus as all get out, he was the last person to see Rosemary that we know of. He and Rose had a rocky marriage. He'd previously filed for divorce, etc. According to the Polk County Sheriff at the time, Tim Moore, Larson was not a suspect. Apparently, Larson was given a polygraph test, and it indicated that he was answering the questions truthfully. So if not Larson, then who? Who would want to make Rosemary disappear? It's been said that Rose allegedly reported her sister, Candace Bly, to Child Protective Services, or CPS, while babysitting Candace's two children at the time, Andrew Jr. and Candace Jean, kids that were later removed from Candace's and her then-husband's care. However, that CPS call was said to have been made six years before Rosemary vanished, and like I said, Candace was allegedly in another state when Rose disappeared. There are other rumors out there floating around, but they're pure speculation. I'm not going to mention any of those for the moment, for the obvious reasons. Apparently, the entire case file was handed over to the FBI at some point. Now, Chris McDonough of the interview room has said that 
things are starting to happen with Rose's case over in Wisconsin. I'm hoping that what that means is that they've maybe discovered some evidence that may lead to the case soon being solved. Maybe the DNA has been retested using the latest advances in DNA testing. We can only hope. That's all for today. Please hit that like button if you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to my channel, share, and do leave me a comment. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories.